Welcome everybody, we're back with Haven of Horror, reviewing Hellboy 2004 in this video. Classic, I think, in the genre of, fan of fantasy, dark fantasy. And since we're doing the, the comics, of course, we decided to do the movies. And since Austin hasn't been here for a while, Austin, tell us about Hellboy 2004. Oh, we're just like jumping straight into it. Hello everybody, I, I'm in my hell room. Uh, okay, Hellboy 2004. Um, Hellboy 2004 is Del Toro's take on the first few volumes of the Hellboy comic. So you get uh, like some of that more Nazi stuff. Um, yeah, you get the stuff with uh, the the Agru Jihad. It's like the something Jihad. I know there's like different. Uh, like ones inside of it, and they're all kind of all made up by the, uh, the one. Um, and Hellboy is, I mean, I'd say like most of the characters in this are pretty like reinvented for this by Del Toro. So like instead of Hellboy being like this kind of like working dude, like noir kind of uh, paranormal uh, investigator, uh, he's very much this kind of like childish like kind of kid that's uh gotta learn to be a man that was that was definitely a complicated way to explain that but uh thank you so hellboy 2004 is about hellboy who is found by professor broom played by john hurt and in this movie he's played by ron perlman uh hellboy is and he discovers a new conspiracy going on with uh rasputin to summon this elder god, and it's up to Hellboy and his companions. Liz, played by what's Selma that actress? Selma Blair and Abe Sapien, played by Doug Jones, as well as Studio Mandate. I mean, eyes in character, um, John Murphy, John Myers, John Myers. I don't know where John Murphy came from. Robocop. No. No, just the Murphy part. I mean. Oh, maybe. Um. So obviously this was a big deal, kind of a big deal, I think, when it came out. It didn't do well, but in those circles it was a big deal, right? Like, we had a Hellboy movie. Yeah, for sure, because, I mean, comic book movies still weren't exactly taking off, so getting, like, a more independent character being adapted, mm -hmm. uh, like, it's pretty cool. And especially since it's good, it's not like, you know, the Tank Girl movie or something like that. I'll go this far. I think this is one of the best early 2000s comic books. No, that's definitely fair. So, Austin, when when did you first see this movie? So, uh, when the second movie came out, I was visiting my one cousin, and he was like, oh, Hellboy 1's really cool. Like, we gotta watch this movie. And we watched Golden Army, and it finished, and I was like, wow, that was awesome. And he was like, that movie sucked. Let's not talk about it. And then that was kind of it, and I was like, man, Hellboy's cool. I, like, went to the, like, library. I got uh, Conqueror Worm, which is volume five of the comic. Read that, or started to read it, and I was like, I have no idea what's going on. And then I put it down. <laughs> um, I got this, like, awesome Hellboy toy from this, uh, like, one of those kind of, like, retro game stores at the time. And that was like awesome and then like finally um 
Rogers video here. I'm assuming that wasn't a thing in the States because I don't know if you guys have Rogers. Um, Rogers, video, Rogers video is basically like Blockbuster, but it was it. So Rogers itself, I know this is a weird tangent. Uh, <laughs> Rogers itself is um, like a mobile company, like what you get through like your phone or like cable or whatever. Uh, and they basically had like a wing that was just Blockbuster. It was Rogers Video, and that went out of business before Blockbuster. So I went there, and they had the first movie for like five dollars because everything it was like everything has to go. <laughs> it was one of those kinds of clearouts. So I was like, oh, I could finally see this movie, and I watched it, and it was like, yeah, it's not as good as the second one, but it's it's pretty good. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about that second one with you at some point. Uh, so obviously, yeah, what kind really... of always, oh, like every time I watch it, I kind of have that same experience with it. Where I'm like, this movie's good, but the second one's better. Uh, obviously, one of the big things I think that carries this movie is Ron Perlman. Uh, he's wonderful as Hellboy. Ah, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because. Um... Ron Perlman isn't the voice I hear in my head for Hellboy, but I also think he gets like he gets some of that material. I mean, they are very different characters, so like it kind of shines through in moments more so than the overall character. Um, but I think he like I think all of the acting in this movie is pretty good. I'd agree with that. Uh... Yeah, like all the major characters are like are really well cast. I think um, I don't really like insert vanilla white dude as the like <laughs> the kind of protagonist Aizen character, but uh, whatever. Well, and it's odd, right? Because he starts that way, but it also feels like after after he's introduced, it just shifts back to Hellboy's the main character, and he's just kind of there. He's like the eyes in for one scene. Yeah, it's more so he's like, yeah, like I'm more eyes in for I guess like the first act, and then once we get like Hellboy, where they go to uh, the museum, where we get their kind of first interactions with the villains. After that point, it's more so Hellboy's movie. But that guy is definitely like he still sticks around, but he just becomes more of a supporting character. Well, he's just, there for the love triangle. Yeah, which also helps for, like, I feel like whenever he's there, it's kind of like vacuuming time away from other things. Yeah, and the big thing with, with that, with his character, is the, the where Hellboy sneaks out to follow Liz and him on the date, and it's just an excuse to get Hellboy out of there so that Professor Brom can die to Ninja Man. Uh, but we should, I guess we should start at the beginning since we're on a tangent here. Uh, this movie starts during World War II. Uh, the Nazis are trying to win the war using a cult, occultism and different things. And they actually summon Hellboy, who looks like a really bad CGI monkey in the beginning. Uh, Which is sticks around for the whole movie. <laughs> we'll get to that, but uh, yeah. And Professor Brom is the one who discovers Hellboy and with the help of Baby Ruth, which is also a weird ongoing thing with this movie, uh, takes him in and raises him to fight other monsters. 
um, when which is how we get to the BRPD is formed and Rasputin comes back and it's a whole you know storyline with with Hellboy's origin, uh, which also is done in the reboot. But we'll get to that. Well, yeah, that's so. Uh, now that you finally read uh, Seed of Distraction, I know like you read like the other two, um, the ones that we recorded, and then that video didn't work out. So we'll talk about it next time we do a Hellboy comic video. But um, now that you've read at least Seed of Distraction, like. How do you think that kind of changes the way you look at this movie, especially now, you know, moments like the beginning with the World War II thing where you've seen, you know, what they're adapting? It gives me a better appreciation of the adapt adapting that he's doing. Um, and I definitely want to read more before I can comment too much on the Hellboy character himself. But just on the three stories that I've read in the movie, I prefer Ron Perlman's take, um, but that could change. Well, yeah, it'll be interesting, I think, too. It's almost unfortunate that we watched this before um, we kind of finished the like the Nazi plotline uh, in the book. Um, but it'll be interesting, especially, you know, when we get into more of, like, the other villains that appear in this movie and kind of, you know, dealing with some of the other stuff that happens. Yeah, absolutely. Um I debated waiting on doing this one, but I was like, you know what? I've been in a Hellboy mood. I've been wanting to watch those movies. Um, so, yeah. And the other big addition, of course, is the love story because this is Hellboy and Liz's kind of romance throughout this movie. I and mean, I think the actors have a good job of good chemistry together, um, which can be easy, right? When you're caked in red, like, prosthetics and shit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, so outside of the CGI, do you think all of the effects look pretty good for its budget? Yeah, I mean, I think this one more so than the second one. And I mean, you're going to have this no matter what uh, with, you know, these kind of big stuff. But some of it feels maybe a little stiff in movement. But I think a lot of that is probably down to budget. Because uh, like I said, I think most of that is gone in the second movie. Um, but I think that's why this movie has to rely a lot more on CGI and that you can, you can really tell, you know, what is and what isn't. Cause it'll be, you know, uh, the villains in this, they have like these big, I don't know. How would you describe them? Like almost like, not exactly like hellhounds. I was always like, I always referred to them as hellhounds growing up, but that's not really what they are. They're more the, like uh, the little dog monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because they're very just like, you know, it's almost like Ghostbusters. Like when you see the terror dogs where they're very much like, like once you know, kind of that they have like just like the first half of the body. So like every time that they're just kind of sitting there, that's when it's practical. <laughs> it's kind of got that to an extent. Uh, and then every time they have to move outside of like a little, like more than just kind of this, uh, it goes to CGI. But I think overall this movie looks good. It's yeah. just, it'll be improved on. There's definitely some unfortunate CGI we noticed. Uh, the baby Hellboy looks terrible, and then there's big action shots with Hellboy that look absolutely terrible. He turns into like a PS1 or PS2 character. I don't know if I could quite go to PS1, but... No, this is one of those... Full of polygons. <laughs> this is one of those movies where I think the script overcomes uh, overcomes it. 
However, yeah. I will I will say after watching this and the reboot, I almost wonder if the studio was right in 2004 to insist on an Aizen character because we'd had nothing quite like this in 2004. But at the yeah. same time, it could have been handled better. So, yeah. I think you probably could have just jumped straight into a Hellboy movie in the same way that I think you could jump uh, like more so into uh, some like the crazier comic book stuff um, back then as long it was as it was done well which this movie does so like I think this movie on its own could have nailed that but then there's also the matter of artistically done well versus what people will accept yeah so who knows well, and it just occurred to me is I wouldn't have made a new character for the Aizen. I would have had the Aizen be like Abe or Liz or something, you know? Don't get me wrong. I like the love story with Liz and Hellboy, but that's who I would have used for an Aizen character, not original character White Red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or even like uh, Jeffrey Tambor's character is like the head of the BPRD because there's weird moments with him that are very much kind of audience eyes in like there's a point where they have to explain to him how Abe's powers work which is weird if he's the head of the BPRD you would think he would just know <laughs> yeah that that is weird um that's another thing um you know you talked about how they kind of reinvent Liz and Hellboy's uh you know relationship and stuff or they invent it I should say but um Abe is also like completely just not comic book Abe here in the sense that like he's very like meek and um he's more of like a stealth stealthy kind of agent where he's not getting into a lot of fights and when he does he like you know he's not a strong fighter and um they give him like this telekinesis type power with his hands where he can like sense things yeah, it's very odd. You know, but in the comics, I... he's just a fish man. <laughs> well, and it's that's the way with all, with him and Hellboy. They give them powers uh, that they don't have in the comics. Which I almost wonder if it was an attempt to fit it into a more traditional superhero formula. Because uh, this is yeah. definitely a superhero film. I think with Hellboy, I could see like giving him the ability of uh, you know invulnerability to fire I could see that just from the extent of like well he's from hell you know just like kind of looking at it that way uh, but yeah maybe yeah because I mean this is this is typical like classic superhero origin uh, stuff which is interesting but because for the gist that I get is that Hellboy's more of a detective in the comics, not really a superhero. But it's something we've done every time we've made a Hellboy movie is we just made him a superhero. It's very yeah. strange. Like, yeah, Hellboy's probably more so in the realm of, like, the pulpy kind of proto-superheroes, like characters like the Shadow, the Phantom, stuff like that, I guess, more so than, you know, like a... Spider-Man or Batman. Well, so, like, and, it, it does make sense to do superhero with that character 
from from an extent. But, this uh, won't mean anything to you, but he re- the comic version reminded me a lot of Angel in his own show, uh, because in that show he is very much a private detective dealing with the supernatural. He's not like a superhero. Um, and because he's facing supernatural threats, he doesn't really have any special powers compared to another vampire, right? It's He's stronger against humans, but he's just kind of a guy in the supernatural. Um, yeah, yeah, because Hellboy's almost got more of like a Ghostbusters thing, where it's just kind of like, not to the same extent, of course, because that's more like comedy, but just in the sense that it's like, ah, uh, like... What if your plumber was instead like a like fighting ghosts or like killing demons? Like he's got more of like that kind of like eh, just doing my job. <laughs> yeah, which is awesome. Um, but there is something about you know the Ron Roman sarcastic like he's he's good at what he does and he knows it. Um, and there's definitely some of that like in the book. Like every time he's like eh, crap. that's just. Uh, I can just like picture the panel layout where you know what I mean, <laughs> and it's the best, like I love that stuff, uh, which yeah, is why I think people were so attached to that version of Hellboy, Because uh, especially at the time, I think he's one of the more relatable heroes on screen that we had, yeah, because two thousand four really, we only had like x men spider man, blade, yeah. Yeah, because this is, like, the same year as Spider-Man 2 and Fantastic Four. So, like, we're still pretty, like, in the heart of getting that early stuff. And I think this is the same year as Daredevil. A year before, I think? No, a year after Daredevil, I think. Yeah? Okay. Maybe. Let us know in the comments, because I don't remember. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah. All I want now is just give me Hellboy 3 as an animated film. Uh... Because that's, that's how you'd have to do it. Yeah, I mean, I know Ron Perlman said like two years that he would still be open to coming back and doing it in live action and just ignoring the reboot. Or maybe it was last year. But uh, I, don't, well, I don't, I can't see them giving the money for that. Which, I mean, we have precedent for that now. So, I mean, you could, but yeah, I agree with you. Um, and yes, Daredevil's 03. Oh, okay. Cool. You ever look at a movie and you're just like, damn, I'm old now. Like, I remember going to see that in theater. Yeah, I remember when that movie came out. <laughs> that's the that's the movie that got me into Evanescence. Like, they only had one good album, but I can't believe you just admitted that on camera. <laughs> hey, listen, their debut album is awesome. Everything after bring that, you to life. Eh, yeah, bring me to life, my immortal. That shit rocks. I don't care. That's okay. I'm sure there's a ton of people who used to be teenage girls that are agreeing with you right now. So, I will say, I guess the biggest issue I would have with this movie outside of the CGI is the villain is kind of lackluster. He really doesn't have a presence until the last, like the last act, and then he just becomes a squid monster. Um, but the end of the movie does have my most like quoted line from the movie. He's just like. That's gonna be. I'm gonna be sore in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting rewatching it. It's it kind of breaks that uh, uh, superhero convention uh, that still kind of exists today, which is just that like you're like you hire a big name star 
or like a bigger name star for your villain. Um, not, and I'm not trying to be like it's got to be a celebrity or your movie sucks. Uh, but yeah, like Rasputin's just kind of whatever in this movie, which is something that he then improves on a lot in the second one too. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to rewatch that. Well, we've been at this for about 20 minutes, and I try to keep these videos very condensed. Uh, so, do you have any final thoughts on Hellboy? Anything we didn't cover? Uh, you mentioned that John Hurt is awesome. This broom, which, like, basically kind of touched on. Uh, Hellboy's great. Um, I like Abe well enough. I, he gets taken out in the second act, which I think is lame. That was uh, a very strange choice, because I feel like that's the perfect character for Del Toro. Yeah, I mean, he's been perfecting that design on film for across three films. <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> um, but... Two, that's another part where two kind of comes in and is like, well, yeah, let's do more with this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Donald Blair's good. Uh, I like Jeffrey Tambor. I think his relationship with Hellboy is uh, pretty cool and subverts what you kind of expect from the jerk boss kind of thing. And I like that they uh, end up having to work together. And it's not just like, oh, he just dies because he's like the mean jerk. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I do wish we got more Abe in this because uh, he's an interesting character. Um, but we we just kind of get that he likes rotten eggs and can see like psychic things. And yeah, I wonder it's if it's just like Del Toro there for uh, like uh, for the first act. He's there more so for uh, exposition. Did Del Toro write this movie? I don't know off the top of my head. I don't I don't know if he like writes his own movies or if he's just a director. I I thought he wrote stuff, but I'm looking it up. Let's see. Ah, crap. I looked up Comic Cowboy by accident. I so he did write this. Okay. So I wonder if it's just a matter of he's stuck with like, too many characters that he has to juggle. And for that third act, he needs to get rid of at least one. Well, you can't get rid of Hellboy. You can't get rid of Liz. You can't get rid of Studio Insert. So, I guess we're getting rid of uh, Fish Fishman. And one thing that's interesting while I'm looking this up, uh, the story was done by uh, him and another screenwriter. But for the second one, the story was uh, made by Del Toro and Bignola. Interesting. I'm definitely going to be look out for the differences in, in two, uh, just between these two movies. So, um, I guess the other big thing is they got the stone hand perfectly. Um, it's amazing that that looks as good as it does. Yeah, there was one shot where I was like, "Oof, that's a CGI hand." <laughs> <laughs> but outside of that, yeah, no, it looks pretty good. And the other thing you met, had mentioned that you'd noticed, not this watch that we, because we actually got to watch these together, which was fun. Um, but you noticed, and you'd said that you noticed in some shots where he's shirtless, which is a lot of this movie for some reason. 
that it looks like he's wearing like plastic abs. I did not see that. Did you have the same thing with this viewing? I didn't have it as much as this one. I remember it being like a very like kind of cheaper looking prosthetic chest. Maybe it's in the second one. I don't know. But then that movie has a bigger budget, so I'm not sure. That's not how I always remember this movie is that he's got like he's got like a chest where you look at it and you're like, oh, that's clearly fake. Uh, but I didn't have it as much this time. So I don't know. Uh, well, my final thoughts are I think this is one of the best superhero films of the 2000s. Uh, Ron Perlman is awesome in this movie. I can see why people got so attached to this version, especially if you haven't read the comics. And I'm going to give it a four out of five. I fucking love this movie. What am I going to give this movie? I think I'm going to give it a... I'm like, I'm very much like in between a 3.5 and a 4, because it's like, I think about like self-insert dude, and I'm like, ah, 3.5, and then I think about some of the other like better character stuff, and I'm like, a 4, um, I'm going to give it a 3.758964343, uh, that's going to be my overall score. Perfect. Well guys, thanks for watching the video, uh, Austin, as always, thanks for being here. And yep. uh, we will be uploading these on Monday uh, with our Hellboy 2019 review. So if you haven't watched that yet, watch that as well. And we will talk to you guys later. See ya. See ya.